Got you here. Amen. All right. I'm glad you made it. All right, so we got the recording on, and so I'm not going to read back through the verses again, but it's uh, Genesis chapter 19, verses 30 through 38. And talking about the people in the book of Genesis, different people, and these two people are not named at all. We're talking about the daughters of Lot, these two unmarried daughters of Lot. Um, there's just a very short passage that describes them. Uh, only thing that we know is that they were unmarried and they left with Lot and his wife from, from Sodom. But, uh, but I'm going to just kind of take this little few verses that we have here about them and, uh, and show you this, the similarity. And, and I'm even going to name them for you this, this morning by, by the direction and, and uh, what I think the, the direction our, our world's going in, our nation, really. And so we have these two daughters of Lot, the older and the younger, and the oldest daughter's name is university. And the youngest daughter's name is public school. And so university and public school. Now, when I, when I teach these, say these things, I want you to understand this. You know, I had a brother that was in public school system for 30 years. And, uh, you know, relatives and friends and people. I think there are good people in the system. There are good people in the system. Just like, uh, you know, at the university level, there's good people in the system. About 24% of them claim to be conservative in the university. 76% or, every, or 78% claim to be liberal, and about 29% claim to be atheists of the teachers in our university. So it's not to say that there are not some good people in the university system. The system, though, is controlled by, uh, by the world, the flesh, and the devil, and so... Uh, it's, it is a, a system that has a direction and, and a purpose. So, but these two daughters, the elder is university, and the elder university teaches the younger public school. And so what happens is, is that the university-trained people come out and they become your public school leadership. Uh, it's one of the reasons why even in the, in the church, that we're not, we are an independent church. Uh, you know, we at uh, your daddy's uh, homegoing funeral, they, the, the, one of the funeral directors, you know, he kept coming to me and talked to me. He said, you're, you're an independent church. You're not Southern Baptist, are you? And I said, no, we're independent. And he said, I can kind of tell, you know, and, uh, and I knew what he, where he was headed. But, but, uh, but you know, he just came and he said, you know, some of the differences, and he, he made the old classic statement. He said, I guess really the main difference is you make your, your women wear dresses. And I said, uh, I said, no, that's really not the main difference because we don't make anybody do anything. Uh, we teach about it, you know, when, when we have opportunity, and we teach about modesty, and, and we teach about distinction and those types of things, distinction between a man and a woman, which would be really nice today if we had more greater distinction. But uh, so we, we, I said, but we don't force anybody. We love everybody. Depend, it, it, anybody walks through the door, there's no rules or regulations on that. I said, really, the, uh, the real issue is in reality, the, I did good. Uh, so the reality is the fact that there's a difference between uh, the fact that we're independent, we're the autonomous church. 
And I said, that affects, you know, he said, do you have all these missionaries out here? And I said, yes, and we know all of those missionaries. Our church has, you know, met all of those missionaries. I said, that's the difference between the denominational, you know, support of missionaries. You usually don't know your missionaries. You support an organization that supports the missionaries. Uh, He said, uh, you know, so we talked about that. But, you know, the educational system is different because in a denominational educational system, the educational system is your system that's going to go liberal first. It's always a system that's going to go liberal first. And so when that system goes liberal, it will affect all of these denominational colleges. It will have a great effect on them. Uh, and they feed your churches. So, in fact, your churches are being, you know, the next generation of churches are whatever your schools are going to be. And so they're going to feed your, you know, then, and your churches are going to then become more liberal as the schools become more liberal, the next generation or, or that product. And so, and so that's the same thing in the world, the same thing in the church. As the university gets more and more liberal, it keeps feeding the teachers of the public school. That's why we're at the spot we're at right now. Uh, that's why, you know, there's 18 churches right now, or 18 states right now that are, are fighting against uh, this kind of command directive from our president to have, you know, these transgender, you know, allow transgender to go into the whatever bathroom that they want to go into. Uh, 18 states are fighting it. Well, it ought to be 50 states fighting but the reason it hadn't is because ever since the 60s, we've been just, universities have been pumping out teachers for the public school that were socialist and, they, and you know, humanist. And uh, you know, so they just keep pumping them out. And for 40, 50 years, we've just been pumping out more and more liberal-minded people that are programmed and uh, to, to believe that this is okay, that that this is, you know, this is the only thing that we should do. This is the right thing to do. And so now what you've got is that you've got leadership and you've got politicians, you've got judges and you, that were university trained that are, that are just destroying America because they, they look at anything that's common sense or decent and they look at it as it's, it's a problem. So what we have is universities, the elder who teaches public school, her first lesson is one of deception. She teaches public school deception. And she does that by stating false information as though it were truth. She mixes truth with lies. If you look here at the, uh, at the scripture, we get to, let's see, uh, she says, And the firstborn said unto the younger, Our father is old, and there is not a man in the earth to come on uh, in unto us after the manner of all the earth. That was a deception. Is her father old? Uh, yeah, probably she, he's got a little bit of age on him. Obviously, he's not too old, uh, uh, but he's got a little bit of age on it. And so, uh, but, but there's not a man in all the earth. God had, and they'd wanted to go to another city. They wanted to go to, to Zoar. They wanted to go. There were people out there. She is, as the elder, the wiser, the greater, she's teaching the younger by deception giving a little bit of truth, a little bit of lies. And, and that's what university has been doing. We, we 
throw our kids into there, they become programmed and they become brainwashed, honestly, into dis, dis, deception and mixed truth with lies. The, the issue is not whether it's truth or not. The issue to them is whether you can win or not. That's the, you know, the whole political system is not based on truth. Most of the, peop the, the people that are running for office right now, they say whatever people want to hear. They say what, what, they, what we think, and even as a Christian, they said the evangelical people are going gonna to quiz uh, Trump now. They, you know, the evangelical leadership going to quiz Trump. Well, I mean, unless he's just an absolute fool, he's going to, he's going to say what they want to hear uh, to get elected. And that's, that's the university training. And so it's, a, it's, it's deception. University may not believe this, uh, maybe believe what they're teaching or not, but it's an untruth that she teaches public school as truth. And, and, some, and by that I say, some of them I believe know, okay, like evolution. I believe some of them who teach it know it's got to be, it, it, it can't be true. There's no proof of it. There's no evidence. But they never teach the, the young people that. They teach it to them as though it's a law, as though it's truth, as though it's provable. Uh, a provable science, and it's, and it's absolutely impossible. They can't do that. And so I think some of them know that. I think, I think some of them intentionally are teaching an untruth because they hate God, because the only other alternative to evolution is God. And so they're teaching them against that. And so uh, there's that, that's going on. And so the university teaches also, teaches public school consequentialism. And you say, what is that? It's, it's the end justifies the means. This is one of their primary teachings. And again, it started, uh, really started getting its, its ground, its foundation. It's, it's, it's a very old teaching, consequentialism, very old teaching, but it really took its foundation in the 60s again, early 60s, and it just began to permeate through the 70s and the 80s. And so uh, it, it's this consequence, the end justifies the means. There's no right or wrong. Only that which produces the, result, the results that we desire. And so this uh, consequentialism means what's the consequences of our actions don't really matter. We don't care what the consequence, as long as we get the result that we want. How we get that result, we don't care. Again, that's what we're seeing, you know, because it's such a hot button item. It's in our political system right now, what we see in our leadership it's, it's what, it's the end justifies the means. We got this whole thing is we're, we're and we'll never know the truth, but, but they're saying this, the whole Iran deal was, uh, was, uh, was, you know, that they voted on it or they approved it by, by false information, that they were given a false, you know, guidance in it. Well, that's because they wanted it to be cleared. They wanted it to be voted in, so... We do whatever we have to do to get what we want because what we want is best. So that means if you lie to the people, you lie to the leadership, you lie to whatever, uh, it's the end justifies the means. And it's not just in our, our political system. It is in our schools. It's in our schools because we don't want God. Therefore, we're going to teach whatever we have to teach because it'll keep them from believing God. And uh, so... There's no right or wrong, only that which produces the results we desire. If we get what we want, it does not matter how we get it. That's the whole philosophy. 
So she tells her sister in verse 32, look at verse 32, come let us make our father drink wine and we will lie with him and we preserve seed of our father. So what does she do? She comes and she, university teaches public school that uh, you'll just, look, there's no right or wrong. There's no uh, uh, sin. There's there's no uh, sexual immorality. There's nothing like that. You do whatever you desire to do. And so what does that mean? Get them drunk, have incest. All that is acceptable if it gets what we want. If it reaches the destination that we desire. And and so uh, why are they doing this wickedness? They believe it's best. They believe it's best for the world. We, you know, the Father kind of represents all of humanity. We're going we're gonna to lead humanity into, into our methods because uh, we believe it's the result. The result is we must have our children. We must have children so that we can propagate our philosophy so we can propagate our beliefs because we don't want God. There's no evidence here of a desire to go to God. No, it's a turning away from God to we are going to make this happen. We're going to take care of it. We're going to make it work. And so university leads public schools to follow through with the sin. She even teaches her how to do it by example. So she says, university says, follow me, watch what I do and then you, all you have to do is copy what I do. And that's what she says. She says, I'm going to do it tonight. Uh, let me help you again. Why do we need to do it the next night? If we just need somebody's offspring so that man will live on, why do we need to do it the next night? Because university is not just about uh, a they're living in their own sin and living in their own in justifies the means, living in their own immoral uh, society. They've got to make sure that those who are coming after them live the same way. No rules, no right, no wrong. Public school begins to do what university has taught her, believing that she is right and righteous about what she is doing. She is blind to her sin and wickedness for university taught her the way. University is intellectually superior to everyone, even their father. You see, university, somehow university, uh, this older daughter had a greater control and a greater influence over their sister than the father did. University and public school both begin to birth children. So, and that's where we are today in 2016. We've got the university and the public school are both birthing children. Those children, university's child is Moab, which brings forth the Moabites, and public school will bring forth Benami, which will be the Ammonites. The Moabites were the enemy of Israel, the enemy of God's people. University births every day. This... I told somebody in the last election, I said, if there's even a possibility of winning this election, which I knew that it was very slim because, because of Romney being a Mormon, they just trying to get some excitement about going to vote for him. I even had preachers that were saying, you know, I'm just not going to vote because 
you know, at least, you know, one man claims to be a Christian, the other man claims to be, a, you know, as a Mormon, and so I'm not going to vote for a Mormon. And, and it was just a lot of stupidity, I think. But, um, but so uh, I told him then, I said, you know, I can remember getting with a group of people, and I said, there's a very slim possibility of winning this election for conservatism. Now, God's, it's all in the hand of God. Everybody that's our leadership, they, I pray for them. The fact is, our President Obama, he's there by God's hand. He's there to be our president by God's hand. So I pray for him. But the fact is, is that he's not a conservative man, of course, but we don't, we don't really have a conservative man uh, that's even running anymore. So the fact is, is that they're there. And, but what I told them is that four years ago or three years ago, we had, there was a chance of maybe at least some form of conservatism winning. I said, but this is probably pretty much it. Because every year, a new crop of 18-year-olds who can vote have just got indoctrinated in their first year of college in university. And in that first year, everything that they ever believed about decency and righteousness is mocked and ridiculed by this incredibly intelligent intellectualism of university. And that's why they say that, that it's over 90% of our kids that come from good, what they call evangelical churches, they, they turn away from God and turn away from church. 90% of them after one year at the university. Now, there's two reasons that's for that. And, I, and one reason is that our, we have not taught our children and prepared our children for the battle that they're going to face in the world. So they go in and they have no foundation. They have no strength whatsoever. Secondly, they go in and, and they are enamored with this intellectual leadership. They are blown away by their intelligence and and, and again, they don't hear truth, but they don't know it's not truth because it's delivered in such an intellectual delivery. It's, it's packaged in terminology and intellectualism, and so it's delivered as though you're, you're dumb, I'm smart, here's the truth, even though there's no truth in it. And so we, we lose them. So, but what children are being produced now from the university, the Moabites, or the enemy of God's people. And that's every year another group. Sadly, our children are now enemies of God's people. Very determined to seek the defeat of God's people. The offspring of university wants to defeat all Christianity. They oppress the people of God, especially wicked in the fact that they tried to corrupt the bloodlines of the children of God. This is all what happened with the Moabites and the, and the Israelites, and it's the same thing that's happening today. Send us your children, Christians, and let, us, let them marry our university world. They try to mix their people with the Christians so that the Christians will be corrupted and worship false gods of humanism, evolution, and socialism. The Moabites worship Chemosh. Chemosh by name, and Chemosh was this destroyer or the subduer. And see what they said, they, they are out to, the university trained are out to subdue Christianity. 
out to subdue the Christian, to destroy all that's Christian out there. And, and please, the reason that we, are, we, ha- we don't have any more crowds than we, than we do, and hopefully we'll begin to, to grow some because I still believe there's people that need to be reached and God's power and God's word can reach people. But the reason the churches of today are struggling, unless they are university-led churches, and by that means, again, the end justifies the means. Let's get a crowd. It doesn't matter what we teach or preach as long as we get a crowd. And so, you know, we're, we're in this battle, and the reason we're in this battle is because for, for 40 and 50 years, we've sent our children to the university. And, and we got to even, you know, the last 10 or 15 years was a strong movement even in our fundamental churches that said, well, we really messed up. We should have kept all of our children in public schools because the public schools have gone the direction they've gone because we pulled all of the salt out. Well, I'll be honest with you. I, okay, so we would have left them in there and we maybe those that survived it would have changed this percentage to 75 and 25. Okay, instead of 76 and 24. But how many of your children, how many of our children will we have lost to the world in doing it? But the Moabites worship Chemosh, the destroyer, the subduer. He most readily associated with the Moabites, according to, to Judges eleven twenty four. 24, he seems to have been the national deity of the Ammonites as well, though Chemosh uh, was part of the, it was the, the primary god, the strong god of the, of the Moabites. And, but his name, he was the fish god, but his name, uh, he was the destroyer, the subduer, and that's exactly who university is. University is a destroyer, a subduer, trying to subdue all Christianity, trying to subdue all conservatism, trying to subdue all who stand for morality. And then there was Moloch, god of the Ammonites. The god Moloch was a, a deity of perverted cruelty. Look at what the elimination of morality has done to our public schools. They are cesspools of perverted cruelty. They kill each other. They they abuse each other. They uh, it just it's almost dangerous to walk in many of their hallways. He was worshipped in in Tophet, a city nearby Jerusalem. In this area, Moloch was honored with human sacrifices. That's what we do. We send our kids to to the public school, and they're human sacrifices. The people would burn their children in the fire as a form of sacrifice, while others would let their infants pass through the fire as a form of dedication. So we have these two gods, Chemosh and Moloch, and they, they are the two gods of university and public school. And the university is going to subdue... Well, a thing I was reading here... Recently, university is supposed to be free speech. But there was, it was a whole article about how all over the nation, if you are conservative, um, this one 
boys on the student council of some university, and he was kicked off because his views did not agree with their views. And what was his issue? He was conservative. And his views didn't agree with their views. And so if you don't agree with them, suddenly you don't have free speech. So that's, they are going to subdue. They're going to control. And they're going to be in power. Now, I've always been one to, to say, you know, if you've, you've got a son or daughter and you're absolutely fully convinced that uh, they are fully convinced that, that God has called them into uh, some area that you think you've got to go to public university, state university, in order to get that background or get education to do it. First of all, I don't think that's true. I think anywhere you want to search it, you can at least find some sort of Christian environment and where they can still get that. Whether it's to law school or whether it's to medical school or nursing or whatever it is, well, I want to be a medical missionary, so I've got to go to this. You know, I, I think there's very, very few that really uh, have to go there. But I'm going to give you, you know, a couple of principles in just a couple of minutes. But one, if that's ever the, ever the case, you never let them live on campus. You keep them at home. They commute. They simply go back and forth. Number two, you better have them grounded, and you better be talking to them and keeping them in church every time the doors are open because they're going to have to be washed clean every day, every week of their life because they're walking in carrying out garbage. I was there five years there. And they will bombard you. And this was all the way back in the 70s, so they didn't have the strength. It was probably, you know, 35 and 65 when it comes to liberals and conservatives in the schools then. But the filth and the garbage and the, and the philosophy, and just to give it, you know, one, one minute, you'll enjoy this. In uh, a anthropology class, I think it was anthropology, the, uh, the teacher there, uh, she taught us that we were results of the gap theory, not gap theory, oh, she, we were results of the garbage theory. I'd never heard this before, really haven't much heard it since, but she fully convinced. She drew it on a chalkboard at the time and showed us a very simplistic drawing how this is how we really, life really began on Earth. It's the garbage theory. And what it was was extraterrestrials basically were on vacation. And as these extraterrestrials passed Earth, they ejected their garbage. Pretty much they cleaned out their RV and they threw a sack out. And when the sack hit Earth, it busted open and out of there came some little amoeba. And from that became life on Earth. That's how we got here, the garbage. So I found out we did not come from a monkey. We came from a banana peel. So that's our lesson. Father, I pray that you bless. Lord Jesus, I pray that you guide us, direct us, please. In Jesus' name, amen. Got a few minutes before service starts.
just a little bit.
stand, if you would, please. Let's take our hymn books and turn to hymn number two, Glory to His Name, hymn number two. Down at the cross where my Savior died, down where for cleansing from sin I cried, there to my heart was the blood of Some of these folks over here are happy, but I'm not sure about over here. If you're glad to be here this morning, say amen. 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 I'm just glad to be back. Amen. We've been, we've been on the mission field. <laughs> Disney World is a mission field. I'm telling you, it was, it was something. Uh, we had a great time, though, uh, taking the junior and senior. I was going to say junior, senior trip, but uh, I guess that's what it was. But I'm sure glad that you're all here this morning. Thank you for coming out. Beautiful day again. Very pretty around here. Some cool nights. That was kind of nice driving in last night, 60-something degrees. That was pretty good. So 
I thank you again for coming to Calvary and coming here to uh, just be a part with us. If you're visiting today, and we do have some visitors, we'll be talking about that in just a minute. But sure glad you came to visit with us. Let's have a word of prayer, and we'll get started. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless. Lord Jesus, thank you for your goodness, your love, your grace, your mercy to us. Father, thank you that we're in a country where we can gather together. Lord, thank you that we have freedom today. Lord, I pray that you'd please be with us, that you'd speak to every heart today. Holy Spirit of God, that you would build a mighty hedge of protection around this place, around each individual heart, and Lord, that you would empower uh, everything that goes on, the singing, the preaching, uh, everything that we do. Lord, be with the other services that are going on right now, the junior church, the primary church, the different ones that are taking place. Lord, I pray you'd be with them and Give them strength with us. Holy Spirit, guide us. We yield ourselves to thee. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take our hymn books, if you would, please. Let's turn to hymn number 29 at the cross. Hymn 2-9. some uh, some announcements for you and some special things that are coming up um, we of course Memorial Day this next week uh, we're looking forward to, to that but uh, the kids are really looking forward to it because next Monday they have no school uh, not not tomorrow the following it and so and then um, of course we have our graduation for our school on June the 5th and we want to make sure if you have a young person in here and a member of our church that are graduating from 
uh, public school, from uh, you know homeschool, whatever. We'd love to honor them that day, and uh, and have them come across the platform and and to be able to recognize them. And then we also have on June the fourth. June the fourth is a very important uh, time. June the fourth, we're going to have a uh, a work day here. We're going to men's breakfast and then a work day. And so uh, we want to make sure that we have, well, we have men's breakfast at 7.30, then we have 10 o'clock uh, visitation, about 12.15, 12.30, we'll have lunch, and then we'll have a work day. And uh, so we'll get the men here at the front, and we also have visitors. If you're visiting with us today and you're very first time visiting or maybe first time in a long time, love for you to, to raise your hand and let's get a visitor card to you. I know we got some visitors in here, already got uh, some of that right now. Got anybody else visiting? Got a lot of regular members with us, and they're coming on in. Uh, so we do have some that are visiting with us today. Brent and Anna Saxton uh, that are visiting. That's hard for me to say. Brent and Anna Saxton. I started to say Brent and Anna McCullough. And so, uh, uh, but Anna McCullough. And how many of you know Jimmy McCullough? Uh, how many of you wish you didn't? And so, no. <laughs> Uh, oh, Jimmy McCullough is a, a long, long time friend of, of mine. Uh, truth is, Jimmy and I, back in about 1980, 81, we did a brush arbor out in the country, out near where out of my grandmother's property. And we, uh, that's where we first started our kind of stepping out into the ministry. And he was, uh, I forget, he was working at some store and I was working with the police department, I think. And, and we, we did a brush arbor together, and we've been friends ever since. And so, and, and two, two guys not more different in the world. I was all about athletics. He was all about hunting and fishing. And, uh, and I, got, I got so many stories I could tell you about him. But um, uh, thrilled that they're here. Anna is here. She and her husband, they're here visiting family down in Coldwater. And uh, they're going to they're gonna be here through Tuesday, and, but just visiting with us today. And I sure appreciate them being here. And then uh, uh, their daddy didn't put it up here, and so it makes me feel bad. But I got Casey is here, and I'm sorry. I forget the last name, your husband's name, and I'm just doing, you messed me up here. Uh, on a purpose, all right. Uh, tell me, go ahead. All right, John, thank you. And, and they're here, and they're not really, uh, I'm assuming uh, not really visiting here. Uh, kind of like half members here, half there, right? That's the way it is. All right, thank you all for being here. And let's see what else I got. I think we got, uh, I think that's it. I don't think I have, oh, no, I do have another announcement. I was about to get in trouble. We had the ladies' uh, tea evening, whatever, get-together that they're having Thursday evening, this Thursday evening at 5.30 to 8 p.m., the ladies' meeting at our house. Uh, that's, you need to get a pen out, ladies, because Apparently, we didn't put it in the bulletin, our address. So basically, it was going to take you from 5 to 30 to 8 to find our house. Uh, but 7985, 7985 Hunter's Creek Drive, and that's an olive branch. So as for all the ladies of our church, 7985 Hunter's Creek Drive, olive branch. It's about four and a half miles from here. You, Joe Beth writes down here, bring cookies. So I had every lady bring cookies. That's going to be a whole lot of cookies, Joe Beth. But y'all still eat them, won't you? All right. Okay. 
And if you have more information, for more information, you need to call my wife, 219-308-6994. That's 219-308-6994. And now we have another song. I'm thinking from 5.30 to 8, that means I'm going to have to watch my granddaughter, and I don't know if she can hold it long enough so I don't have to change diapers. But, <laughs> whew. Okay, let's turn to hymn number 18. <laughs> hymn number 18, take the name of Jesus with you. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> Jesus with you, child of sorrow and of woe. It will joy and comfort give you. Take it then wherever you go. Precious name, oh how sweet. Hope of earth and joy of heaven. Precious name, oh how sweet. time for our offering and uh, of course we just want to thank you for uh, giving and and the way you've been so faithful to give and uh, we're really doing doing well with our church and and meeting the the budget meeting the needs we have some special needs that are coming up and so again if if you uh, can help us out with those things and, and we'll be talking about that in the future we've got we've got to get our van up and running right and well because we uh we need to get it in good condition because we're going to be going to camp in July and, and like to take the van to camp and some different things like that. And, uh, and so uh, but I really do appreciate your giving and Lord loves a cheerful giver. So everybody right now, smile. Okay. All right. If you're not giving, then don't smile. But if you're giving, smile. So let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless. Lord Jesus, thank you for the opportunity to give back that which you've given us. And Lord, you've been so good to us, so good to us to, to provide in every way. And Lord, I pray that you please uh, take everything that's given today, help us to be wise, to be able to use it, uh, to see people saved, see lives changed, to, to use it for the work of the Lord here in this area of Memphis. Please, in Jesus' name, amen.
Let's all stand, if you would, please. Let's take.